0: Okay, hello. Welcome back. Uh, this is Justin, and welcome back to the Papers, Federalist. And with me, as always, is Mr. Carey. Mr.
1: Carey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Justin. Good to be back. Good to be recording again.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so we're here. We're, we're live on recording, uh, back with Federalist Paper uh, number 26. And Carey, do you want to reprise your role of
1: summarizer-in-chief and take it away? I am going to reprise my role, and I'm going to try to do it in a little bit more concise and less chronological fashion this time. Um, the big idea behind uh, Paper 26 is essentially the defense of the idea of the legislature or having standing armies, uh, and this is sort of uh, a development of uh, the military topics that uh, Hamilton's been talking about the last few papers. Um, in classic Hamiltonian fashion, of course, he opens up, by basically suggesting that his opponents and uh, intellectual adversaries are basically naive fools, um, he lays out this continuum of balancing between too much liberty, or too much uh, military on one hand that becomes oppressive to the people and how Americans have sort of rebelled against this, both the Revolutionary War and in their, continu- in their ongoing ideas about not having overpowerful standing armies. But on the other hand, a military that's so weak that it really can't defend the country at all. And he p- places himself in the position of being the one who will find the ideal balance. Um, he suggests that um, the opponents of the Constitution are essentially arguing that You know, they're they're presenting a false choice that you can't have a military at all if you're going to protect liberty. And he basically paints them as being somewhat on the paranoid side, um, like children who are afraid of the boogeyman because of the fact that in English history, um, kings raised overpower, you know, powerful armies and used them not only to defend the country, but also to oppress their enemies. And he presents the counterpoint of, hey, here in America, we don't have kings. And so that's not going to happen. Um, the legislature wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, but, you know, even then, you know, a continuation of this theme of the we have a legislature, not king is the idea that, look, the kings would use the armies to oppress the people. The legislature is, by definition, the will of the people. So, again, they're not going to oppress people. Um, and, to the extent that the federal executive, i.e. the president, would use his power as commander-in-chief to try to use the army to uh, dominate and control and override his political adversaries. Um, Hamilton presents a whole lot of faith in Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, mm-hmm. which basically says that, well, the Congress has to authorize funding for the military every two years. And so, if things get out of hand, they'll just abolish the military. Problem <laughs> solved! Um, I think that's a sort of laughable idea. We'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was amusing for him uh-huh. to present that. So he said, look, they've got this ability to full stop and just uh, dissolve the military whole cloth if it gets out of hand. But um, after really going on about that for a bit, he says, ultimately, we've got to take a uh, calculated risk and have a strong military because you know, it's important that our liberty be protected by a military in case of foreign invasion, rebellion, violent internal factions. And so in the end, even if it's a bit of a risk, it's one worth taking. So not necessarily a chronological review of the paper, but I think that highlights his big ideas and big persuasive points. Basically. Uh, again, the, the the federal government and and is the place where military power should be held or lodged. Lodged. All right,
0: so that I think summarizes the paper pretty well. So let's let's start off with this idea of once again Hamilton saying, "Hey, you know, if you don't agree with me, you're just naive. You're stupid. You don't appreciate and understand the dangers of the world. So if you know you wanted to uh, champion liberty instead of having a, a strong Powerful army at the ready, you know. Then you're just you're just an idealist, or you're just uh, naive.
1: What do you it think? is classic Hamilton, certainly.
0: Yeah, it's it's classic uh, uh, Hamilton, but it, it rings true for uh, much of our uh, politic in the 21st century. I think post 9/11 here in America, right? Look, you you want to see bipartisanship in 21st century America? Look at all of the defense authorization spending bills that have come out of Congress since post 9/11. Look at all of the um, the the area in which our uh, two factions, uh, uh, the two modern political parties, uh, most align post-9-11, even in all of the debates. Everyone wants to, well, not everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but it's, it's overwhelmingly the argument for, I'm tough on defense, I'm strong on national defense, I'm for national security, right? I mean, the first, one of the major pieces of legislation post 9/11 was the Patriot Act and it was named you know yeah. that acronym was no doubt chosen in my mind at least uh to help you know like well, are you anti are you unpatriotic if you voted against this bill in the congress
1: but that's why it's so yeah. ridiculous to me <laughs> that he, ch- he puts so okay. much faith in this naive notion right, that, we'll get there we'll get there in a if, but, but if the military gets out of hand we'll just we'll just abolish it we'll just yeah. stop funding our military yeah. Again, it's like, <laughs> take the most pacifistic member of Congress right now. Yeah. I don't even know who it would be, but do I. just yeah. hypothetically, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I don't think, I can't imagine even that hypothetical jellyfish McP- you know, Senator Jellyfish well, just right you right know there. ever voting to defund you, the military. It's ref- just not going to happen.
0: You refer to somebody who who perhaps would be not vote for a military funding bill as a jellyfish that even in your example you no, 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 yeah uh,
1: don't get me uh, yeah. don't get me wrong i'm saying no, i'm not like, you but, can, i'm not just saying yeah. not vote for a p- military funding bill because you couldn't it's not something like uh, you know building a, a miscellaneous bridge in rhode island that you could just get away with saying voting no on without explanation like yeah you would actively have to campaign to make it happen you'd have to try to move this thing through yeah it it's not something that's going to be going through the dead of night it would be you know i could imagine someone who is very far left on national security say i mean someone who's very far left on national security if they made a motion to say reduce funding to the military by 30% or yeah. something that would be national news for the you know for a long long time much less totally ob- obliterating the military yeah
0: well so we get into this idea here. Hamilton gets into it and talks about, and we're gonna circle back to this modern day discussion as we go through this paper, I think. but you know for the benefit of staying staying on task uh, and not not being Hamilton ask ourselves uh, and getting too far flung. Um, the you know the paper the main thrust on the front end was you get, power has got to reside somewhere in the government if the government's gonna work. So where do you put it? Do you trust that that the government won't abuse uh, the military and use the military as a method to 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 oppress people's liberties? Or do you hamstring government to the point where it's ineffective, inefficient and unable to defend uh, the nation uh, when need be and unable to. um, And he says, embarrass the nation like like as though all the other governments would then laugh at America like, ha ha ha. You know, look how foolish you are. You can't defend yourself. That's That kind of sprung to my mind uh, mm-hmm. when I was reading the paper. This sort of cartoon sort of like world leaders, like almost like a political cartoon. The old Simpsons. Ha ha. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like like America would be, oh, we're embarrassed. Um, it's just his verbiage was, was interesting mm-hmm. to me. But th- that aside, the um sorry, uh, those are your two choices. You either have a, gov- a government that's too weak th- to function or – or, which is where he's coming from with the Articles of Confederation. And he starts off by acknowledging, look, you know, when we first were on the cusp of victory and post-immediate victory after winning the Revolutionary War, you know, we weren't necessarily thinking with clear minds and the right balance between power residing in the federal government and hamstringing the legislature too much and, you know, trusting the legislature. Uh, but now that we have have had a little more time to reflect on this, we got to get it right this time. Otherwise, he says, you're going to end up in a situation where you just spiral – and constantly go back to revisit this this balance and 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 are constantly adjusting it and never getting it right. And so we really need to get it right this time. And that was a point. What well, this kinda... paper
1: lends itself yeah. well towards is checking off all of the logical fallacies you could put together in assembling <laughs> the argument, just to keep score. Go ahead. So far, <laughs> you have gotten us false choice mm-hmm. between you know two extremes, mil- yeah, two extreme of the military or the country's destroyed. Yeah. You've just mentioned slippery slope. Yep. One thing will lead to our eventual eternal damnation yeah. and destruction. Yep. Keep going, sir. <laughs>
0: um, uh, what else did he go? Uh, um, so that's that's like the first third of the paper, if I'm re- remembering mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, so, you know, he says, and, and this is where he highlights these arguments. He says, hey, you know, uh, article... Uh, one section twelve, uh, section eight, eight, section eight, clause twelve says you know here. I mean, it doesn't say the numbers, but that's where it's at. Um, it says you know, look, the Congress going to have to do every two years, they're going to have to check on it, and and there's going to be this 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 legislative check again. This concept from the last time we, we were doing these in this or the last couple of papers where Hamilton seems to really believe that he's got this uh, magic bullet, if you will. Uh, to, to fix a lot of the the former um, ail, uh, um, things that have ailed prior governments and, and forms of government uh, that he is has written about and he is he is and known. for the
1: benefit of our listeners I want to just read the language real quick yeah. uh, because it's it's not in the paper I had to look it up because I wasn't you know uh, it wasn't something I was clearly aware of the language in the con in, in that article 1 section yeah. 8 and one of the enumerated powers um. Of Congress is to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. That is that's Period. the clause he's yeah. referring to.
0: Yeah. And so but here again, this is another example of this idea that the legislature is going to be the hold the purse strings and that the legislature. what well, they do what they do. Yeah, I, yes
1: <laughs> don't say they don't hold the purse strings that's their power by God
0: <laughs> well that's and that was Hamilton's massive mean,
1: discretionary budget list. yeah yeah and so that's <laughs> well
0: okay so and 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 this idea that you know hey guys you know nothing to see here this new constitution is gonna work great because the legislature has the purse strings so the executives never gonna get too far flung or too far out of control that's the idea that that Hamilton and Madison, with the occasional contribution by John Jay, seem to be putting forward in this.
1: <laughs> Hold your fire against John Jay, sir. Uh, uh, He's dormant right famous. now. You, he gotta is. Well, yeah, you know. gotta got to wait. I know. You got to wait till it comes back. Another like forty papers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, patience. This, <laughs> your patience will be rewarded. Okay, so You'll never I, know what. It, 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 I hope when so. We get so. What is it? Sixty-four. I hope so.
0: This is a great enlightenment will occur um, on that one paper. So anyways. So this this idea that the, the Hamilton uh, and, and Madison are really championing here. But see, Madison though, he I almost feel like Madison saw the flaw in this logic and he warned against it when he talked about factions and the dangers of factions and his his desire to really fracture power as best as he could between the many different levels of government. And ho- I think really hoped that he fractured it enough because I don't know that he was as on board with this idea that, Oh, the legislature would be fine. It'd be great. It'd be this great check on the executive because they hold the purse strings that you constantly see Hamilton or these last several papers, like just beating. Okay. Here again, Oh, the military will never get out of hand, uh, you know, with the executive, the executive can never conspire with the legislature to uh, have this domestic military apparatus that would somehow trample liberties because, you know, the the the, the legislature is subject to reelection every by a, a couple years, in, and the legislature has the power of the purse strings, so they're going to be directly responsible to the people. And there's there's no system that could possibly you know thwart that idea. And you have Madison saying, "Well, you know, guys." It sounds factions. like you're a
1: man of little faith. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, <laughs> you are creating your own faction to oppose the Hamiltonian faction.
0: Well, I I'm just You still saying, are an anti-federalist. I I, I well. I don't I don't you know <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting lost in your analogies, but I will say that uh, I feel like Madison was warning about the factions, and then I think if you look today of how powerful our current factions are and and what happens well, you know, what happens when the legislature and the executive are controlled by the same faction? And yeah. and, and does the legislature well, I mean, in modern times really use that power you have to go of the person?
1: I mean, you know, and to my earlier point about he seems to put a lot of faith in this idea that this led the legislature, he almost treats them like a direct democracy of they are such an embodiment of the will of the people People. that almost by definition, they can do nothing that is not somehow a manifestation of the will of people. They Mm -hmm. don't seem to, you know, ever consider the fact of, you know, the legislature could sort of go off the rails. um, I mean, even in that time. Yeah. They were how many well, what fraction of the population, you know, I believe it was, you know, mainly white landowning males at the time, voted on the legislature. So you know, I think, I think where you, the only where you start is <laughs> is the is the will of the legislature itself the will yeah. of the people. Yeah. I well, think that's debatable. You know, he seems to imply yeah. that, well, it's the legislature against the executive. Yeah. Um because the legislature is the defender of the people versus the states mm-hmm. and especially in the Progression of history. I think that's a debatable proposition because we're not a direct democracy. I mean, the legislature can and does do plenty of things that the majority of Americans don't necessarily support.
0: Well, and that's look. I mean, that's kind of how the system's designed, right? To protect the minority from the tyranny of the majority. Like that. Like in some instances, that's ideal. You wouldn't want a majority representative body in the legislature to turn around and say, hey, here's this unpopular minority group. Mm-hmm. We're going to take away their right to vote. We're going to- <laughs> well, I don't even, I'm not even yeah. trying okay. to
1: go at like yeah. minority versus majority. I'm just talking about the legislature to, you know, we live in a two-party system, essentially. Yeah. And so you have to pick Team A or Team B. And wow. so as long as you are predisposed to one of those, there's a, a lot of little issues that the legislature could you know, get away with and do that's not necessarily the will of people because yeah. ultimately you've got to pick one of the two I mean uh, you know there's if you're ultimately say a hardcore conservative or a hardcore liberal if your representative does something you know a few things you don't agree with it at, to what extreme do you have to go to before you're going to not support them because so, again we're not a direct democracy no you true. don't we don't vote on every single thing we do
0: yes that's you're absolutely right and and um, you're talking about sort of the polarization like how often do
1: people really defect and switch camps mm-hmm. but I uh, am again I am undermining Madisonian's faction argument I guess well because of yeah. partisan inertia I'm going to invent that term and start using it partisan now inertia okay partisan well, inertia well, that's part Ham- of polarized
0: talk, partisan uh, inertia. Right? Madison was, was the belief was that if he fractured the the responsibilities and the powers of government through different levels of government, that there would never be one group that would occupy top to bottom all the levels of the government and it could coalesce and push forward one sort of set principle or ideals, um, and that all f- forms and thoughts of government would flow through that one lens and that other viewpoints would mm-hmm. be rough to the side, and so but arguable now i mean we're getting off back to the faction conversation like isn't that what is that is what is happening today when you get when you get this top to bottom you know uh approach to 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 governing from 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 dog catcher to president you know people vote one way or the other like Mm -hmm. it's it's the faction argument um then the faction nightmare of madison coming to realization and here hamilton is saying in this paper don't worry about it guys the The legislature will be this check on the executive, and will hold the purse strings. And he said it in the last couple of papers too. That the legislature is going to hold the purse strings and prevent the the executive from from taking this thing that we're talking about here and running roughshod over people's liberties. And and you know, my question is in modern times, is that really does this paper still hold water today? Given the no. current political environment no, it not. when you when you have these political it factions when like they're, a sieve. when they're con- if when all the stars are aligned between the legislative and executive, you know, and, and I'm not arguing for one political party or the other. I'm just saying when that happens and and the, the both parts of the con- Congress and the executive are all aligned on the same on the federal level, all with the same uh political faction, does a, do what to what extent does the legislature really use this this sort of like magic bullet of, of purse string pulling? That Hamilton seems to be envisioning over the last couple
1: of papers in this paper and probably the next one too. Uh, and well, obviously I, the answer know, in our history is never.
0: Yeah, well, in our, our lifetime. Mean, yeah. we have
1: in more distant in the more distant past, you know, after yeah. World War One, for example, and yeah. after like older wars than that, shrunk the size of the military, but it wasn't out mm-hmm. of you know fear that the executive was abusing it so much as just a money money saving device. Yeah. So, I mean. In the post World War II regime, uh, you know, it's almost inconceivable.
0: Yeah. Inconceivable. Well, uh, it was Eisenhower, right? The, uh, the, it warned about the rise of the uh, in- military industrial complex.
1: That he did. So, but he was too late. Too late. He know. was a part of it. Eisenhower was part of the problem. He, <laughs> he was no peace, Nick. So on his he way out, work. you're saying,
0: he was like, guys, no, really, this is going to be a problem. Trust me. I, I'm part of it. I know it's well, going to be Well, he <laughs> thought he could get it done on
1: the cheap. He thought he could yeah. rely on uh, nuclear weapons only and, and not use of any conventional weapons, but that didn't work out so well in the end. Mm. Because, and you know what? That's a great That's a great accidental point that you can't... The whole argument that the power of the uh, Congress to essentially disband the military and stop funding it Mm -hmm. somehow controls it Mm -hmm. uh, fails for the same reason that America uh, could not stop um, the Soviet Union and and the communist bloc from doing whatever it wanted to, despite having a massive amount of nuclear weapons. It's because... You know, to the extent that you know, during the Cold War, the idea was mutually assured destruction. You know, if America or its allies got attacked, it would basically nuke everybody, and then the Russians would nuke everybody, and you know, so that's why there wouldn't be wars because everybody was afraid of everybody and killed. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out because what? You know, how how low are you going to put that threshold? You know, if if your enemy takes one village in one town are you going to destroy the whole world for it if they take mm-hmm. one small country are you going to destroy the you know mm-hmm. that that's why we had you know that's we had korea we had vietnam Were those country was that territorial conflict worth destroying the world and the answer was obviously no that's why america started building up its conventional weapons and in, in seeing the limits to nuclear arms superiority so the reason i must um disagree with Hamilton is unfortunately the same reason I must agree disagree with one of my favorite authors of science fiction um, Frank Herbert of Dune Uh, I kept thinking about this quote the entire time I was reading article 26 or Federalist Paper 26 when it talks about well if if the army gets out of hand then Congress just defunds it and that quote by Frank Herbert is The power to destroy a thing is the absolute control over it. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a favorite quote of mine from sci-fi, but I think it's incorrect. I think that you have to have a certain amount of will um, and the willingness to take extreme action to make that true. Um, It has to basically be, to borrow the term from the international security world, you know, mutually assured destruction of look or, you know, or in more layman's terms, playing chicken, you -hmm. know, you have to convince that your opponents, you know, if need be, I'll do this crazy thing that none of us can step back from in order to make my point. And I, so Hamilton's wrong. Frank Herbert's wrong. The power to destroy a thing is not necessarily control over it because until you reach that point, where you're willing to destroy that important thing, you have near, no power. As long as the other side thinks you're br- you're bluffing, you have no power. Mm-hmm. You know, very similar to, again, the war analogies I love to go to, Dwight Eisenhower in mm-hmm. the decision to, to launch the D-Day invasion. Up until the point where that invasion was launched, he was the most powerful, most important person in the Allied Supreme Command. But as soon as he gave the order to attack and the troops started going on the beaches, he was not at all powerful anymore because he had no more control. The only decision he had the power over was to attack or not attack. But once that decision is made, there's a lot that goes beneath that level of threshold. So, mm-hmm. so again, all of those reasons, is, Hamlet's argument just doesn't work. It just yeah. doesn't work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, we can continue to look at the paper a little bit more. And, you know, he's got this idea that you would never build up such a domestic army that would be mm-hmm. a threat to the people's liberty because mm-hmm. to do so would take so much time that and, and it'd have to be a controlled elongated conspiracy between the executive and the legislature and that just would never happen and then he goes so far as to say like if you actually think that's a possibility that we should just scrap this whole thing And put all the power in government back to the county level and let people just manage the affairs that affect them Mm -hmm. directly on a local level, and that's it. And just, we're just, there's no federal government, done. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Because if you don't, like, so you either have faith and you trust in the system that Uh. that no one's going to abuse the power, Mm
1: -hmm. uh, or or we just scrap the whole thing and don't even try it. Is, is, is kind of where he goes. And again, we're talking but about... But that time argument's another reason why it doesn't work in the modern world. Because back in Hamilton's time, yeah. you know, when you're fighting with muskets and maybe some cast-iron cannons, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is, well, you're going to have your musket for shooting squirrels and deer anyways, I guess, your rifle musket. Yeah. So not a huge ramp-up to produce that. Yeah. You know, you're going to produce your cannons ahead of time and have them on hand. But like two years was a realistic... Schedule for equipping your army. Yeah, you know, and it was incremental. You know, okay, we need more guns. We need X number of more guns. But military purchasing doesn't go like oh, that. Well, come on, we, you we can't, can't plan a two year in two years. You can't do anything in two we can, years. We can stamp as as out those F 35s left and right. What are
0: you talking about? We got, to, we got boom. There's hey, another I there's I another dozen.
1: Growing up, <laughs> growing up, in the in the nineteen eighties, the early eighties, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, was when a lot of uh, you know the famous you know f-15s f-16 fighters and whatnot that's when they you know showed up in the in modern modern air forces in the u.s air force and they're still flying yeah you know here (laughs) they're still flying i mean they're not the cutting edge anymore as much but it's what you know 40 years or so later and so i mean so that's
0: 22 year periods let me i don't know if you know this and i know you you, you're a a student of military history but i uh I'm a descendant of, of
1: of. I'm a scholar of military history. Of
0: Military, <laughs> uh, a descendant of, of military engineering. Uh uh-huh. my, my dad being an aerospace engineer. Um, and and uh, so tr- a little trivia, a little factoid. Uh, the F sixteen was the first plane that was fully uh, fly by wire, which is that yes, up until called the electric jet was the yes. nickname it acquired because yes. of that. And so, and for the listeners who don't understand, fly by wire means um. It's it's up until the F-16. Every plane had at least some gear and linkage that, when the pilots mm-hmm. used a control stick to go left, right, up, down, there was some physical linkage to, that that moved the flap on the wing or on the back tail fin or whatever. Exactly, and
1: that's why there was a physical strength component of flying so, airplanes prior to the F-16.
0: Yeah, and so now you have this, and the F-16 is much more responsive. That's why it was could fly circular around everything else, and um, and they did a lot to. Uh, basically, uh, with the slipstream of the jet to make it almost very quiet on the approach. like we, mm-hmm. You know, by the time you heard the engine, the bombs were on the way. Um, was, <laughs> you know, but, Which is so, a nice trait
1: to have in a fighter-bomber.
0: Yes, yeah. So, um, anyway, so I don't know where, where we're going with all that. but um... That it takes longer <laughs> to two, oh, than yeah. two years to go yes. to
1: military. Modern military. And, you know, you don't even have to go into the realm even of military to show why this doesn't work. Uh, again, of this this fallacious notion that the power to destroy something is the power to control it. Um, Look right now, the more contemporary times within the last 10 years or so, Mm -hmm. it's been on the news a lot more and and, uh, even extremely recently, the idea of government shutdowns. That's Mm -hmm. a non-military example of the power to destroy a thing. It's a game of chicken. You Mm -hmm. know, one side or the other is saying, do what I want or we're going
0: to run the whole thing into the ground. Yeah. We're,
1: going to, we're going to burn this damn village in order to save it. Yeah. You know, call my bluff. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've had more of that in the last decade or so, but yeah. that you know, even with that, someone folds always at some point point. Yeah. and the people who have held out for You know, getting benefit to politically benefit, or uh, you know, get a budget benefit or spending benefit out of shutting the government down, haven't been highly successful because, and that's really a good example of the of that bargaining position in action. Give us this budget priority of ours, Mm -hmm. or we're going to just destroy everything, and it hasn't worked too well.
0: No no it has not it, it, and, and that's that I think comment applies not just to the modern or most recent situations but going back like you said even 10 years or more um, to some of the other ones uh, and, and the, the debt ceiling arguments as well uh, very, very similar type of negotiating tactics have been used uh, Congress calling pizzas in for all night sessions mm-hmm. you know bring out the cots we're gonna no one's going anywhere until we you know um, everybody
1: likes a nice photo op
0: you know yeah <laughs> of course you know with all the pizzas being delivered I remember that one happening um, so Hamilton's position is, this is the best solution out of all the realms of possible solutions. Once again, I, Mr. Hamilton have <laughs> reached into the ether and
1: divined, divined yep. the best possible outcome. Um, and you once know. <laughs> again, getting at the false choice fallacy. policy, um, yeah. either we have to risk too much military or our nation's destroyed. Yeah. Before we leave the issue yeah. of the ar- of the funding for the army, yeah, this isn't really key to the paper or anything, but if you're an army guy or gal, mm-hmm. um, I just think it's amusing. And it's amusing that that clause uh, mm-hmm. regarding you know, hey, you can't fund the army for longer than two years at a time. lying right below that, it just says the next power of the Congress to provide and maintain a navy. Not one word about two year limitation. Like, we have the power to shut down the Army every two years. We're not going to mess with the Navy. (laughs) Just interesting if your Army versus Navy seems like the Navy got a little bit better treatment in the Constitution than the Army. I'm not saying anything because of that. I'm just saying those are the words. Divine from them what you will. All
0: right. Uh... Well, I, I will admit that I don't have a hammer lock on every phrase of the Constitution.
1: Um, oh, it's been too long since I've heard yeah. the phrase "hammer lock." I, yeah. I don't get it, I don't hear it used in my everyday conversations as much. I, I it's been the, too long since we recorded. <laughs>
0: I, I love the usage of the phrase. I have hammer lock. not
1: gotten hammerlocked by anyone lately—not for a year or so. So so um, um, I missed the hammerlock.
0: Okay, well it's it's back. It's back in a full effect, <laughs> and we're gonna see. if we can gonna hammerlock. I have been well and truly hammerlocked
1: tonight.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyways, uh, I I don't know that there's a whole lot more to beat out of this horse. Um. On this paper, uh, I think we um, both. There's
1: not, You yeah. know, I know we have been really. Dwelling heavily on this, you know, ridiculous on the notion of defunding the military two years. And I don't want our listeners to think that we're a pair of one trick ponies. Yeah. But one of the reasons I think we're hammering it so heavily is this is really the one legged table that he builds his, you know, lays out his <laughs> entire argument on. I mean, yeah. th- there's nothing else. As far as like push comes a shove, why. The president won't get his army and just start running around, you know, dominating the whole country, oppressing all the people. Hamilton's really squarely resting it all on this. Well, the Congress will just nah. defund them. I mean, wait. there's other things there, but this is the main point. That they're is the main just, point. They're going to stop paying. They're going to stop paying. That's the
0: main point. And, and the reason why this will work is because in Hamilton's mind, it's impossible. It's 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 to the point of such laughability that if you even think that this is a possibility, then we should scrap the idea of a federal government altogether. Uh, I'm paraphrasing him here. Okay, mm-hmm. is that that the legislature and the executive would be on on the same page for such a long period of time to slowly yeah. build up a domestic army? That and and domestic uh, uh, military apparatus to suppress people's liberties. That the mm-hmm. people eventually would like it couldn't happen that, that 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 would occur and the people not notice and vote yeah. people out of office. Like it is beyond his ability to, to to comprehend that. And yeah, and 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 so he just has no faith or no belief that that these a faction or a set of factions could 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 coalesce around one, this one idea and slowly uh, build it up and allow it to happen over decades. Because he's right that you know starting from where they're at, which is basically hardly any domestic military, um, to uh, to where we're at today, like it it did take a very long time. So this isn't something that was going to happen within the course of two years. So he thinks the two year money money check is going to be you know going to going to work. So it's it's the impossibility of 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 the factions aligning over the course of a very long period of time uh, that he just is, you know. He's like that's not even that isn't even something that could potentially happen. So we're not even going to talk yeah. about that. And we just got this. Well, you know, is, 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 is how flip, he addresses that in the paper. You know, that's
1: it's his approach. I will flip briefly though, yeah. and argue directly against everything I've been saying. Of course, the last half that hour. Good. Or so okay, <laughs> in a true lawyerly fashion, <laughs> by saying, despite how ridiculous it is to us today, and how how much we are laughing at Hamilton's naivety of thinking this whole idea is going to work. Yeah. It's easy for us here in 2019 with our magical talking phones and our inexplicable horseless carriages that zip us to and from places mm-hmm. to look back at Hamilton's world and say, ah, that's ridiculous. But that said, it worked for a long time. Um, you know, from the period of, you know, when America first gained its independence, uh, you know, in the late 18th century, up until post World War II, 1944, 1945, 46, um, it worked uh, because uh, that was the that was the shared mindset. That was a shared norm. Is you know, when a military conflict happened, r- armies would be raised. Yeah, um, p- troops would be mustered. They would be funded. They would go to war. They'd solve that problem. And come the home. war would be yeah. won. The conflict would be over, and there would be demobilization, not just with small conflicts like the War of eighteen twelve or, you know, mm-hmm. going after Pancho Villa, but you know the American Civil War, which was a huge conflict. You know, we raised mm-hmm. an enormous army, but you know immediately it drastically shrunk in size as soon as the war was over. Um, it took until. The post World War II world, where the barrier of the ocean suddenly seemed a lot smaller, but more importantly, I you know my in defense of the you know the the federal government, you know the Congress and the executive at the time in the mm-hmm. post World War II war that changed everything. I think their position would be immediately following World War II. It looked like no one else could do the job of being the world's policeman or the world's security guarantor, or so America had to step up or there would be chaos. And now it took a world war and a global paradigm shift for that change to take place. So as much as I enjoy throwing rocks at Hamilton and saying he's a silly, short powder wig man <laughs> of ridiculous ideas, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, um, I have to have at least some, sense of uh my own humility to say that uh you know time shows there was some merit to his idea of norms and you know you know just a shared idea of that's not how america runs itself
0: yes well i i agree i mean we have the benefit of 2020 hindsight you're absolutely right and Um, our magical talking phones and our magical talking phones and horseless carriages um you know the (laughs) I just, what was I going to say? There was one other point I wanted to make. Give me a second. I'll edit uh, and think of it.
1: While you're thinking, I'm going to add one more silly comment, which is on the topic of magical talking phones, um, there are times when I'm reading these papers when I wish that Hamilton especially had the aid of a magical talking Clippy (laughs) who would (laughs) pop up and say something to the effect of, so it seems like, you're looking to write a Federalist paper, <laughs> would you like me to help you, you eliminate some of these unnecessarily fancy words that don't really add any meaning to what you're saying,
0: or whole paragraphs? Um, do you <laughs> do you Touché, want to sir. do you want to explain or remind people who Clippy is in case they aren't of our uh, particular age demographic in that ten year span time frame? If they
1: are not, then they <laughs> need to watch some sort of 90s-oriented documentary on how to, to use learn word. the glories yeah. of Clippy. There was Clippy, the talking paperclip, who would sh- help you type letters and in Microsoft grab what? your he'd, other he'd, correspondence. He'd I mean, he had and, a dog, too. Yeah. I think my wife liked the dog a little bit better. I don't remember the dog. I, I think yeah. there was a robot. I I remember the, yeah. Once you got beyond robot, they were all B-listers, in my opinion. <laughs> but I think Hamilton could have used the assistance of Clippy. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The one other point in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um,
0: that that one thing, other thing that that Hamilton at least references and, and talks about is two actually things that would, to not so that we don't be accused of just spouting off and not doing our job here in the paperless fellows. The other two points in Hamilton. Well, we are unpaid volunteers. Um, that's true. Um, <laughs> knowledge is our payment, good sir. Exactly. Um, and it's a sad as, currency. <laughs> the. Um, and, and I do actually really believe that,
1: but the cause I'm, cause <laughs> I'm like, I will laugh at your naivety in the same way I laugh at Alexander Hamilton himself.
0: All right, all right, I I consider myself laughed at, but the uh, um, the other the other two points that I wanted at least for the the sake of, of having some educational value here and doing what our, our charge was at the beginning of this thing. Um, the other two points that Hamilton talks about is he, he talks about he goes through and he talks about what happened in England and how it took a very long time for, for eventually the British people to, to limit the, the, the crown's ability to use um, uh, the army domestically. And, okay. um, and and that somehow the American people have inherited that sort of fear of, of uh, domestic oppression via armies in their DNA of who we are as Americans. And, so as a result, a paranoia. and as a result, we as a people would prevent any such collusion between the legislative and the executive branch that would somehow use a domestic army uh, to to uh, uh, suppress or uh, take away our liberties. And so we, we are so attuned to our liberties and so paranoid and suspicious of federal government that we would never allow the, the federal government to encroach upon our liberties through use of domestic military
1: force, um, liberty is in our marrow, sir.
0: And 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 that that was an ideal uh, of his that he expressed uh, in the paper. Yes. And, and uh, what was the other one? Um, there were two. When I got so far flung and emotional about that one, I think
1: I just lost the other one in my head. Well, <laughs> it, it was good emotion. I felt um, I felt the soul of that argument.
0: That was that was one of his arguments. Uh,
1: Jeez, he doesn't I, have that many arguments. I know. There's not you, a lot here. You're going you're gonna to trip over it eventually. <laughs> paper. He's got like four arguments. Um, but the big one is all about money. Money. Yeah. Follow the money. Um, Let's see. Legislature's the will of the people. you got to take the risk or the whole country's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Uh, the people would innately... Have
0: have liberty in their DNA and would never allow it to happen, even if it was yep. tried. Uh, I do think I will. You know, one thing, and, and to bring a pop culture reference because we haven't. I don't know if we've gotten enough of them in in this this paper. Dune.
1: Dune's but, got pop culture.
0: I know, I know. And I'm going to bring another one. Mr, don't be. do on
1: Dune. I'm not.
0: I'm not. But Mister Hamilton obviously uh, was not aware of 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 Lord Palpatine. Uh, Emperor Palpatine. Oh, no. Uh because clearly Emperor Palatine slowly build a domestic army to, you know, right and <laughs> and then turn it on the people. And um and that's what I just I just thought it was funny because that was
1: I agree. I was, agree that <laughs> Hampton comes off a bit naive, a you know, bit Jar, Jar Binks-ish I might even say, in oh, feeling like out. he doesn't need to go any further into the duplicitous motives of the executive so, than what is immediately apparent on the surface. Um,
0: and again, bring it back like to to the idea. I mean, the modern times, and we see a lot of modern legislation that has that has been criticized. I'll say that um, that have encroached on civil liberties, and and there's this debate that has raged in America mm-hmm. uh, since nine eleven of the national security versus um, individual liberty, individual liberties, and you know it's it's ongoing. It's not settled by any means. Um, and, uh, you know, so when he when he was talking about, oh, this can never happen, you know, um, I just I had to had a chuckle because I'm thinking to myself, we've been living in it you <laughs> um, where where there's been a lot of laws that have been passed that that would certainly. Can, oh, it can be abused. I know the other thought that I had was, oh, geez, what was it? He had, I'm
1: going to start selecting random words for you here, Sam No, no, no. <laughs> Please stop. So schemes take time. That seemed yeah. to go off your. Yeah. Palpatine
0: mm-hmm.
1: thing. His mm-hmm. scheme did take time.
0: Mm-hmm. In England, the Kingdom. The if the
1: Galactic Senate only funded Brian Palpatine is, and yeah. the Clone Army every two years, <laughs> we might have avoided a lot of the problems <laughs> yeah, we had in Episode 3. Are you getting back to his closer idea that you got to have a military or else? No. It's less uh, evil than the other evils, least not. possible evil.
0: I had, a, I had a thought about a current modern situation, but I couldn't remember what it was I was going to tie it to. So, ah, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, All right. It so, um. I will come some time.
1: I will tell you this, <laughs> Consolation. Okay, You have a chance to easily work it in next week because we are continuing on this general line okay, still I'm of sure military topics. And in episode 27, or paper 27, they're yeah. interchangeable. Um, if you we, if we thought it's easy to scorn... Hamilton's idea in 26 that the military can be controlled by just eradicating it every two years if needed. Mm -hmm. He uh, puts together a hilarious idea in 27 that here's some deep stuff. Mm. He leads by saying America need not worry about the legislature doing bad things to the military because when governments are good, people like that, and when governments are bad, people don't like that. Be prepared to debate that wow. next episode. Wow! I will be arguing against it. I will be <laughs> arguing that people will like bad governments and are against good governments because I think that'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know which side I'm going to fall down on. That's uh,
0: so. I will be uh, pro bad government. You be pro bad government? Okay. <laughs> people like bad government. Maybe I'll just be on the side of anarchy. Oscar just, Wilde just... and I will be arguing that point, and I'll I'll
1: connect those dots. Next yeah. episode. And what
0: What am I – Am I? Uh, you were talking earlier. Am I, am I falling into the Federalist or Anti-Federalist camp at this point? In...
1: I think you were uh, Anti-Federalist more this time. <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And I I think I was all of the above this time. All of the above? Yeah, I can't – I'm commitment phobic regarding the Federalist or Anti-Federalist <laughs> uh, position. You were, you I'm, were... <laughs> I'm just a w- – which way the, the wind ends up blowing guy? As I, this whole thing develops I, out we, as we get towards the end. I'm just gonna see who's more likely to win and join their side. There you go. At the very, at the very okay. end.
0: So you're, you're, you're flip flopping. Is what you're saying?
1: I prefer to think of as um, ongoing openness to alternative viewpoints.
0: Okay, there you go. That's one way. Um, is that lawyerly enough for you? <laughs> it's something, and we'll, we'll just leave it at that. So I have nothing is uh, <laughs> <if> not open-minded. <laughs> um well anyways thanks again for uh for joining us everybody sorry it's been so long since thank you uh, out there in listener land uh if anybody's still there because i know it's been a little while since uh
1: we've uh <laughs> uh i posted think they're alive, waiting but, on this next episode with bated breath I, I hope have so in it, our it'd, listeners it'd be
0: good um i hope you guys are still around here enjoying it and this was a good one for you i had fun carrie uh with you as well and um
1: same here, as so always, hopefully,
0: Justin. Hopefully we'll be back sooner rather than later. Um, we will. We'll try to be back on a more
1: regular schedule. We won't forward. do this to our people again.
0: We'll never say never. I mean, stuff happens.
1: <laughs> well, we'll, well, we'll say We'll do our best. Yeah. yeah. But so. right now, today, at this very instant, I am saying we're not going to do this again.
0: Oh, there you go. So what you're saying is... if. If you believe it enough in the moment that you say it, yeah. then it's, then it,
1: then it's good. I'm saying I'm open to alternative arguments and realities. Okay. But for now, that's what I believe. For now. For now is what you believe. It just seems right. like the winning position to take <laughs> at this moment.
0: <laughs> nice. All right. That's definitely lawyerly. Uh, we'll leave it at that. So uh, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> see you in episode 27. Bye.